0: Hi everyone, my name is Mara Verk, and welcome to Life on the Farm. Welcome back everyone to another week at Life on the Farm. I am so excited but also super sad to be coming to you at the end of my ICU rotation. It has officially been six weeks at this site. Oh, actually, I guess in general, it's been 12 to 13 weeks. But it's the end of my ICU rotation. I had to say goodbye to everyone, my preceptor, all of the pharmacists, the amazing staff I had the opportunity to work with, which was definitely very bittersweet, but I'm really thankful for the opportunity. And I was going to record an episode last weekend, but I was Working on my final presentation that takes place during my last week, and so believe it or not, after running through my speech a couple of times, I realized I didn't want to hear the sound of my own voice anymore. So I figured a better bet would be to go ahead and wait and record at the end of my rotation in general and just sum up the two weeks. So you're now getting two weeks for the price of one podcast episode, which I find to be quite a steal. But of course, before we get into my week, I want to go over the title for today's episode and it's Fast Hugs to the ICU because in the spirit of having to say goodbye, which I am very much against and will not be participating in goodbyes in the future, just putting that out there because they're honestly the worst, I thought I would go ahead and say my goodbyes to it. And of course, as I think I've mentioned before, Fast Hugs, well, the longer mnemonic, Fast Hugs BID is actually a checklist that we use in the ICU in order to assess a patient's care. So we tend to run through these on rounds. And so that includes feeding, analgesia, sedation, thromboembolic prophylaxis, head of bed elevation, ulcer and stress prophylaxis, glycemic control, spontaneous breathing and awakening trials, bowel regimen, indwelling catheter removal, and de-escalation of antibiotics. So all really important parts of critical care and evaluating our patients. And so I thought, you know what, why not put it all together, create a pun and whatnot, because that's what I do best, or at least that's what I think. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into my week. So we'll go ahead and get started with my topic discussions. And so as you all know, I used to have two to three of these every week. And so my last two were one COPD exacerbations and two upper GI bleeds. And so more specifically looking at ulcers as well as esophageal varices. And so as far as COPD exacerbation goes, it has a special place in my heart because between P1 and P2 year, during my two weeks of internal medicine, I was an inhaler fiend. I was optimizing care left and right, inhaler here, inhaler there. Llama Lava, Sama, Saba, ICS, the whole nine yards. And it probably had to do with the fact that I had only had one year's worth of knowledge from pharmacy school and COPD really had stuck with me. And honestly, it's a great way to optimize care. In internal medicine, it was also really great because I had the opportunity to not only talk to patients about their regimens and whatnot, but to also counsel them on how to use their inhalers. Of course, that's a little bit trickier in the ICU as a lot of our patients are in more critical condition and also tend to be intubated, but respiratory therapists do work with them. And we do have the opportunity as pharmacists to intervene and take a look at patients prior to admission medications, make sure those line up to what they're receiving inpatient. So that's also really valuable. So again, really great getting reacquainted with the gold guidelines. Of course, also, if you know anything about COPD, and I guess asthma kind of goes in with this a little bit, there is a lengthy list of inhalers, and I feel like every year it continues to grow. But there are so many different combinations out there, and they all have a specific name for them, as they should. It's great to have options. But the list continues to get longer, I feel like, every year. So that's always interesting to go back through and review. And then in regard to my second topic, which had to do with upper GI bleeds, we took a look at what tends to cause ulcers. So big culprits include H. pylori, uh, NSAID use, chronic NSAID use. Uh, Aspirin can also be a culprit or it can even be idiopathic. And then, of course, with esophageal varices, talked a little bit more about alcohol cirrhosis and whatnot. So, again, a really great review. And it's a super weird slash funny, although not like haha funny, just like, really interesting timing wise that after we had gone over upper GI bleeds I felt like a ton of patients had come in and were admitted on our floor for it so again it really helped to reinforce the idea which was helpful for me not ideal for the patient but just one of those things that you tend to notice when you're working in the ICU so thought I'd share. And so next we'll get into birthdays in the ICU. And so unfortunately, sometimes patients get admitted and over the course of their stay, it ends up being their birthday. And so I think it's really cool that at the site I was at, they really prioritize that and try to make the day really special for the patient. And so I had two patients in the last two weeks, both of which we made sure to go above and beyond for because everyone loves to feel special on their birthday. And so we went ahead and got cards for them, had the entire team, nursing staff, everyone go ahead and sign them and then the nurses are so so creative they came up with this idea to do towel cakes so they roll up a towel and write happy birthday to the patient on it and then stick q-tips in the top and color each of the tips either red or yellow so it looks like flames because obviously an open flame in an icu i'm really not sure what the big situation would be but it just seems like a really bad idea and then on top of that, they would put jello. Unfortunately, one of the patients was NPO for procedures, so he couldn't eat his jello. But again, it's the thought that counts. And then they also made these really cute like balloon structures, basically just made out of plastic gloves that they blew up and then drew faces on, which I thought was really cute. And it totally made both the patients stay. You could see them absolutely beaming, which was honestly such a rewarding feeling. And then we went in and sang happy birthday, which was so, so fun. And I have to give major props to everyone involved, because when you get a group of quote unquote strangers together, we're not really strangers, but we've never sang together before, obviously. We all it sounded quite good, in my opinion. I don't know if that was just me like thinking it sounded good, but I was pretty impressed with what we pulled together. So major props to everyone. I think we killed it. But I don't know. It's something about seeing their faces and their smile and thinking that nothing was really going to happen that day because they're in the ICU. But knowing that you can make a difference was really cool. And it's something that it's like such a little thing. And it's so easy to just like make someone's day that way. So I thought that was really awesome that we all got to be a part of that. And of course, their families dropped things off, which I thought was super nice as well. And so it kind of just added to the ambiance for the day. So I don't know, there's just things that you don't think about when it comes to interacting with people and having people in patient care that I think are just so awesome to be a part of. At the end of my fifth week, I ended up saying goodbye to my med school friends as their rotation is only four weeks, whereas mine is six. And so I had one additional week after they left, but it was really bittersweet. Again, I can't, I feel like that's the word of the week or last two weeks, what have you, but it was really sad having to say goodbye. I really, really hate goodbyes, like with a deep, deep burning passion. I really rather not, but of course, they're a part of life. And so I was really lucky that I had the chance to round with them for the last time on their last day, which was really awesome, and just get to hang out for one more opportunity. I, by hanging out, I mean think clinically and critically, of course. So it was really awesome just because we got along really well. We taught each other things. I felt like I was learning so much just by having other learners around, as I've mentioned before. So. They're so awesome. We got to talk about where they're going next, where I'm going next, about our futures, what we think we want to do, stuff like that. So really great. Of course, really sad to see them go. But also on the flip side, the very next week during my last week, their classmates actually started their rotation. So it was cool meeting them. They were just as awesome, really friendly and whatnot. So Again, I really love interprofessionalism and working with people in other disciplines. And so for me, it was a really great experience getting the opportunity to work with them and to also just talk to people kind of in the same realm of being in grad school for healthcare and thinking about what's next and having all these shared experiences. So yeah, sad to see them go, but really excited for what's to come for them. And then, of course, with the last week of every block, our entire Sacramento cohort gets together on Zoom and we do a recap of our rotation. And so we go by individually, one by one, and we talk about what we're proud of from this rotation and something that we want to work on moving forward. And so for me, the thing I was most proud of was working up the entire team, being able to write my own notes and eye vents and help with dosing and just basically work autonomously and have that um, support from my preceptor to work in that way because I think that's also really important to know that there are people who trust in you and feel comfortable letting you work to that extent. And then for me, the thing that I wanna work on most is being able to fully flush out what my possible treatment algorithms are depending on the different diagnoses that are on the table currently. So I think it's one thing to have an idea of what the treatment's gonna look like with the current plan, but let's say a procedure needs to be done or a lab result needs to come back and whatnot that could alter the diagnosis. What are you going to do then in the case that it ends up being that? So I think looking further into those possibilities is something I want to be able to work on moving forward, just to have that foresight to know what's next. And of course, that'll help with me being able to solidify my knowledge and whatnot. So just for me, something personal that I wanted to work on more so. And of course, with my first direct acute care, patient setting, whatnot, however you want to phrase that. I think it was a really great stepping stone and a step in the right direction. And I feel like I learned a lot of the skills necessary to continue to build on that for myself moving forward. So again, really grateful for everything that I learned. And it's just one of those things that I think I can continue to be better on. And I plan on definitely putting effort toward as I carry on throughout the rest of my API rotations. And another Zoom call to add to the week is that of our discovery group. So like I mentioned before, at UCSF, during our P2 year, we work on a research project throughout the year, and then we have a full month dedicated to working up our manuscript and whatnot. And so my group, the Discover Girls, still going strong, bless their hearts, we're currently working on putting together our poster presentation, as well as our slideshow with audio so we can present. And so we are registered for CSHP. We want to present at A. So I think that'll be really great. And so we've just been working on that as well during our rotations. And then, of course, at the end of our P3 year, so our last year, we'll present to our entire cohort, which I think is going to be really fun, too, just to see what everyone else was working on. But as far as prepping for CSHP goes, since that'll be in October, uh, yeah, we all registered. It's the same price, I believe, as if it was going to be in person. So it will all be virtual this year, which will be really interesting. And then ASHP actually is free for members. So I thought that was really great. Um, And they also reduced their price. I think it would only be $54 Uh, by only, I mean, compared to what it normally is. And so, yeah, we've just been working on that as well, working on the graphs and everything. It very much took me back to AP stats because I was making this uh, like whisker box plot. And that was, it's word interesting. It definitely was like a trip down memory lane. It was very nostalgic. I'm going to use the word nostalgic. So again, just working on that as well. I feel like, while you have appies going, you also have all of these other things happening in the background. And as we move toward residency season and writing letters of intent and whatnot, it's just like a snowball effect and it keeps going. But it's cool because I have great friends and a support system. And I think that's also really important to make sure that you continue to cultivate that throughout your rotations and whatnot is to make sure they're always checking in with your friends and your classmates and whatnot, because honestly, you're all in the same boat. So why not try to row that boat down the river together? I'm going to be totally honest. I just started down like that sentence and I didn't know where to go. So I apologize. (laughs) And so next up, I'm going to go ahead and talk about my final presentation. So for this block, my final presentation was a patient presentation in addition to going over a disease state that has to relate to the patient's diagnoses. And so I presented on invasive pulmonary aspergillosis. And so this is a fungal infection that if you guessed, happens in the lungs, and it tends to happen in our more immunocompromised patients as a secondary infection. And so this was a really interesting case because this patient was a liver transplant and was on tacrolimus as well as MMF for immunosuppression. And so there were a lot of pieces and parts to it. There's the big drug-drug interaction between voriconazole and tacrolimus, boriconazole is a strong CYP3A4 inhibitor. And so being used with tacrolimus, which is a CYP3A4 substrate, you can go ahead and get increased serum concentrations of tacrolimus. And so tacrolimus itself as an immunosuppressive actually has a goal range. And that tends to be five to 20, but a lot of times when it's used in conjunction with another immunosuppressive, such as in this patient's case, MMF, the goal tends to be a little lower. And so in this case, the goal was two to three. So you have to take daily levels of that, while the patient's on VORI until they can become uh, stable within their goal. And then, of course, VORI itself, you have to take the trough level after it reaches steady state, which is four to seven days after initiation. And so you want to go ahead and make sure that that level also with, within range. And the goal for that is around two to five. So you want to make sure that you're within that set trough level. And so a lot of different things going on, very complicated patient case. The patient was there for a little while. So there's definitely a lot of information to go over and definitely a rich past medical history for me to dive into. So I was very much into it. I absolutely love taking a closer look and just really immersing myself in all of the nitty gritty and the details and whatnot. And I felt like because I was so into the case itself and the disease state and the way that the care went and everything like that, it was really easy to like go ahead and know what was happening with the patient, but at the same time, it was definitely very time consuming. Um, But I honestly, big fan of PowerPoint, has so much to offer. Smart art, can't say enough good things about it. Um, Of course, added my own little touches here and there, which I always love to do. But again, for me, it's really important to make sure that the information on the slide is concise, but to the point and that anything that I feel like is extraneous, I can just share through the verbal part. And then adding images as necessary, but not to overcrowd the slides and everything. And then something that my preceptor recommended in regards to the drug was actually just creating a separate handout with the drug tables, which I think is awesome because it serves as a resource to the pharmacist and also for myself when I go ahead and study for the NAPLEX and whatnot. So again overall such a really great experience. It was awesome getting to present to everyone. As I mentioned before, this site I've been at for a while and so this is my fourth and final presentation and it was great just kind of getting in front of everyone one last time. We booked one of the huge conference rooms which was so so cool. It's like right by the helipad and whatnot. It felt very official. I absolutely loved it. Um, People called in on Skype and whatnot and then there were also people Uh, In the room itself, of course, and so yeah, it went really well. It was great just being able to see everyone, of course, in the room at the same time again. And then I also brought cookies, I received some really sage advice that that would be a big winner with the crowd, so I thought that would be a good idea as well. And then, of course, at the end of all of this, all the fun I was having rounding with the team and getting to see everyone every day, I had to finally say goodbye. And so, my last day with my preceptor was actually. On Wednesday and my last day was on Friday so she's honestly one of the most amazing people she has inspired me so so much and so she just like made the very last day like so awesome like included everybody and we had a chance to go over our final evaluation like I've mentioned previously for us our midpoint evaluation the students fill out and then go over with their preceptor but for the final evaluation the preceptor fills it out and then goes over it with the student and submits it We also have evaluations, but it's about our preceptor as well as our site and not necessarily about our performance. And so that was really great. Uh, Obviously, like really sad saying goodbye, but we're really good uh, friends and we get along really well. So for that, I am so, so thankful. And then also... I feel like it carried on for a couple of days, which makes sense because everyone's on a different schedule. So you see people at different times. I had one of the techs like went above and beyond, which was just like amazing. And I also got to see my other friend who is on his hospital operations rotation present, So that was really great. He'll be in the ICU next. I'm very excited for him. I think he's going to do awesome. And then, of course, giving like my gifts to the preceptors, I love writing handwritten cards like I know that sounds I don't know if it's archaic or not it might not be maybe I just think it could be perceived that way but I think it's such like a nice touch and I have these pharmacy specific like blank cards that I use and they give me so much joy. Like I don't know if it's just a stationary thing. I'm not really sure. But I really like to like go that extra mile to show people that I care because honestly they go above and beyond and they literally owe me nothing. And they have taught me so much and are so patient and so kind to just explain everything to me. And so I was low key tearing up writing all of these because I gave one to all each of the preceptors I had this block. And so it just got harder with time. And then of course like in person having to give it to them and say goodbye was not fun either which is why I started this podcast saying I am going to be exempting which is why I started off this episode of the podcast saying that I will not be participating in goodbyes anymore because they are high key the worst but in all honesty it was a really just great way to end everything it was everything I could have hoped for and more so thanks to everyone there And then before we wrap things up, as I mentioned, I am starting my next rotation on Monday. Very quick turnaround one weekend. Maybe that's not quick, but at the same time, that's plenty of time to catch up on some sleep, review some material, take care of some things. So during this weekend, the first day I took a self-care day. And for me, that looked like watching New Girl the entire time, which I think is a very high quality show and highly recommend to any of you who are looking for something to watch on Netflix. I think it's fantastic and I very much Love all the characters deeply. And then I also took this opportunity to update my CV. So at the end of every block, I like to go ahead, take a look at my CV, read through it, update the section for the rotation that I just finished so that I'm, again, always having the most up-to-date version on hand, especially as we move towards CSHP, ASHP, all of these online residency showcases and whatnot. It's really great just to have this on hand because you never know when you'll need to upload it or share it with somebody. So again, love to be prepared and so that's something I try to take care of. It's very easy especially because all of the information and what you did is at the forefront of your brain because it just happened. I also took this opportunity to make sure that I had all my important interventions written down as from this rotation and so I added it to a list that I'm using so that I can send my letter writers all of this information for my letters of rec because of course you want to provide some guidance so I like to keep that document updated as well and then of course I prep for the emergency department because that is what's on the horizon for me and so I was very fortunate to get some resources from my past site as they have ED pharmacists there who had a lot of training and learning materials that they could share with me so I thought that was really awesome and then of course my preceptor at my next site sent me some things to look over as well so something I like to do is kind of create a handout with the basics on it for myself just so I'm acquainted with the material and I have something I can refer to and at least I've seen everything they're going to talk about at least once and so big things I took a look at for ED were Antidotes for overdoses, um, RSI or rapid sequence intubation. And then on top of that, I also took a look at toxicology basics, um, procedural sedation, and then a couple of trauma basics. So all things that have the word basic in them, because I am literally at the most basic understanding of it all right now. But of course, if you stay tuned over the next couple of weeks, I'll definitely be delving into all of that and so much more. So All things to look forward to if you needed convincing that this was something worthwhile. And with that, I'll go ahead and end this week, or I guess these two weeks episode. I want to say thank you all so, so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. It's honestly been so crazy just looking at the notes that I've written over the last couple of weeks in regards to my rotations to record these podcasts. And I realize just like how far I've come. But at the same time, looking ahead at my next rotation, realizing that I'm starting from the ground floor again is also really nerve wracking. But I feel like as I continue on in this journey and move forward through my rotations, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable basically with the idea of being uncomfortable and not knowing the answers which is more than okay so yeah very much looking forward to what's to come honestly because I am so well equipped from the experiences I've already had and I have so many people to thank for that which I am so lucky to have something so good I forgot what the saying is I'm probably butchering it you know like the saying of like when you're like have something so good to be sad about leaving like that whole thing I'm much more eloquent than this, I truly promise, but... You all get the point. And if not, I'm pretty sure you can Google it. It'll be there somewhere. So again, I want to say thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast, for reaching out to me, for wanting to talk to me about it and share your own experiences. It truly, truly means the world to me. And it's so awesome getting to connect with you all. And with that, I will sign off as I normally do. I hope you and your loved ones are staying safe and healthy, that you're remembering to wear a mask and that when the time comes, you vote. Thanks, y'all. And I'll talk to you soon you